Magic is an acronym and a framework for life. And magic stands for making everyday meaningful, aesthetically pleasing, goal-oriented, intentional, and consistent. And it's so freeing because I do think so many of us are just attached to perfection, which is unattainable. The only person who is perfect is God. And he does a really good job at that. He doesn't need anybody to help him (laughs) in any means. So when I talk about that in the book, I'm like, anytime we try to be perfect, we come up short. But anytime we try to be perfect, we're trying to be a lowercase g God. And trust me, you always want the uppercase G God. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. Come on, let's get it. Does your home fill you with peace or does it create unnecessary anxiety? Are there socks in the kitchen, papers in the pantry, and stacks of junk mail on the kitchen table? If you took a peek behind my front door on any typical day, you'd find my home a bit like that. You'd find stacks of papers, toys that have gone awry, and handfuls of items begging for a permanent home. And you know what they say about clutter, or at least what my guest Maddie James says. Clutter equals mess, and mess equals stress. Maddie is the author of Everyday Magic, The Joy of Not Being Everything and Still Being More Than Enough. And she is the queen of helping women eliminate the overwhelm of every day, which includes the things in your home, how you manage them, and your mental state surrounding it all. Listen in as Maddie and I get honest about motherhood, managing our home, and how to make everyday magic. Make sure to stick around until the end when Maddie shares her ultimate tips on decluttering your home with a few of her proven decluttering methods. Let's get to it. Hi, Maddie. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, you are a woman who really helps other women who are stretched thin because today in in today's culture, We are stretched very thin. I know that I am. I wear many, many different hats, and there's a lot of moms that listen to this podcast, and the world is just coming at us with so many different demands, especially just in culture in general of just so many different areas of our lives, and you help women with your tools and tips, and now your new book, congratulations, your new book, Everyday Magic, The Joy of Not Being Everything and Still Being Enough, and I absolutely love that title. That's just such a good good motto for life. (laughs) So (laughs) I love that. So congrats on that. But you help women with your practical guides and your tips and tools with their everyday life. And today we're going to talk about specifically in the home, you you help them inside and outside of the home, but specifically in the home, I want to talk about it today because that is an area that I am desperately in need of help. <laughs> right before we jumped on recording here, I was literally straightening up my toys of my children. I have a four-year-old and a nine-month-old. And so there are a lot of little pieces and a lot of kits and like all that kind of thing. And then um, <laughs> just a lot of stuff floating around in this crazy, wonderful, joy-filled home. But uh, so <laughs> want to chat with you about that today. But before we dive into the home stuff and really how to to create joy within your home and make it a a peaceful place to make it a a place that is really like manageable with your other everyday chaos. I'd love for you to share about yourself, really about um, just the book. And then you also have Boss Fluence and then MaddieJames.com. So a lot of stuff, but if you could just touch on, on all of those. Sure. Well, I'm Maddie and I am a wife and mom of three. My children are almost eight, four, and two. 
So I definitely understand. <laughs> you know, you know. I definitely know. And I am also the founder of the Maddie James Company, where uh, we house, you know, all of my social media and maddiejames.com, in addition to Boss Fluence, where I teach influencers how to create consistent and profitable businesses. I have always just loved creating content that made people excited. And I think now that I'm in a season where I am a wife and a mom of small children, creating content that got women excited about their everyday and their home lives was something that was really important to me. I'm also the author of Everyday Magic, The Joy of Not Being Everything and Still Being More Than Enough. And that was really important to me because I was really fortunate. I was so blessed because my agent, when she approached me, like we did not have a relationship with, we had never spoken. When we spoke for the very first time via email, her email subject was the name of the book. Her email subject was Making Everyday Magic. Sometimes when things are too easy, we get kind of suspicious. And it always is hilarious to me because I'm like, this has nothing to do with me and everything to do with God. I'm like, if we say God is good and we get suspicious when things are good, and I get it, sometimes things can seem unrealistic. But as somebody who has been like, I wrote in high school, I went to school for journalism, like being a writer has literally been the consistent work throughout my adult life. Like, you know, someone approaching me to write a book about something that is so clearly representative of who I actually am really isn't that much as a surprise, right? If we want to even take, you know, if you want to take God out of it, which I never do, but even if you want it to be really logical, it just made sense. And we had this conversation and I was so moved. It was just a no-brainer. I was like, yes, what do we need to do? Become my agent right now. <laughs> Let's go get this book out to the world. And it was just great. I am somebody who always loved pop culture. I just love getting excited about things. I love, I get excited about, you know, new clothes or collections from designers I love. I get excited about the new Beyonce album. I get excited about a, the new Marvel movie. I just like what I like and I always lean completely into it. And so it was important to me though, to even have that kind of attitude towards life. Just like when I wake up in the morning, I want to have that same kind of energy for that. I think a lot of times, especially for me growing up as a black woman, I've, I oftentimes was uh, the token black person. So I was always the one, uh, you know, and only in so many situations. And so in a lot of situations, I felt like I had to be an anomaly. So I had to be the first or the only or the best to be even accepted as equal. And that was something that God revealed to me in my prayer life and even in therapy where it was just like, you are complete as is. You lack nothing. And that's the truth for all of us. But that was so huge for me because, I mean, my entire childhood was that. I was talking about that with a friend the other day, and I was just like, for the longest time, I thought that I had to perform to be the first, the only, or the best to be considered even good enough. And it's like, you're not even good enough. You're more than enough. And so that was really how I wanted people to feel when they read Everyday Magic. And that was really why the subtitle was so huge for me, because I was like, this is definitely what I want you to get when you read this book. This is really permissive. Technically, it's a self-help book. Uh, yeah. Yes, I'm Christian and I love Jesus and all of that, but I don't care who you are. I think that you can be blessed by this book. And that was really, really huge for me. And so, yeah, and we talk about house stuff because I do think that managing a home is the hardest yet most meaningful work you'll ever do. It's a lot of work. And I, I know a lot of times, sometimes people can look down on it because maybe it's quote unquote domestic or you can hire the workout or whatnot. Not everybody's in a position to do that. And all of our spaces look different. But I think once we, again, have this attitude and this mindset about approaching our lives with magic and making it magic in a really deliberate way, then it really it doesn't become this burden as much as like, man, I'm even blessed to be in a position to even manage this space that we get to live in. That's beautiful. You make it fun. Yeah. Like finding joy within the yeah. mundane, you know, doing laundry. I was doing, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to work from home. So I threw in a couple yeah. loads of laundry this morning, but making it just like joyful and fun and doing 
those kind of things. Because in your book, you mention a few things that I was like, oh my gosh, I wrote them down. You know, those quick little <laughs> phrases that become those beautiful Instagram quotes. But I was like, these are so good. One of them really was about clear space, clear mind. And then also clutter equals mess and mess equals stress. And so being able to have that joy within the home. And so we're going to talk about the home. But before we do that, I want to get to what magic really is, like the meaning of your book. But that aspect of if you have all this crazy chaos going on in your home, then it's going to be hard for you to really find that joy in the everyday Thing. So we're going to, yeah, we're going to get into that. But I, before we do that, I really want you, because you have this beautiful book, you have just um, this beautiful, it would be an acronym, but I know there's acronym. a better word for using it. It's like a, a life. It's like a framework, a life yeah, framework. framework. Exactly. Yeah. A life framework. So if you could just walk us through magic, what is magic? It's an acronym. What does that life framework look like? And, and you can apply it to all the areas of your life. Sure. So magic is an acronym and a framework for life. And magic stands for making everyday meaningful, aesthetically pleasing, goal-oriented, intentional, and consistent. And it's so freeing because I do think so many of us are just attached to perfection, which is unattainable. The only person who is perfect is God. And he does a really good job at that. He doesn't need anybody to help him. in any means. So when I talk about that in the book, I'm like, anytime we try to be perfect, we come up short. But anytime we try to be perfect, we're trying to be a lowercase g God. And trust me, you always want the uppercase G God. It's just going to come out better, you know? And it's just kind of like we were talking about, you know? It's like a lot of times we'll be like, okay, Lord, lead me. Show me where you want me to go. And then he does. And you're like, okay, Lord, I got it from here. And it's like, but (laughs) you don't, honey. You got here because I led you. Keep on following my lead. I got you. But it's easier said than done because the flesh still wants to flesh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, it's, it's funny that way. But the reason why I love magic so much is because... Only you can name your magic. I can't name it for you. I cannot name what's meaningful to you. I cannot name what's aesthetically pleasing to you. It's a wildly permissive framework that is also so deliberately approachable, which is why I like it. I love reading professional development, self-help, personal development books. Sometimes when you open those books, they can be kind of overwhelming because it's like, okay, if you're reading a money book, but you've never invested in stocks and they start talking about stocks, you're like, where do I start? But I think any of us can kind of stop and say, okay, this is actually what matters to me, right? This is meaningful to me and this is why you know, what is aesthetically pleasing to you, AKA what is beautiful to you, you know, you can really enjoy sneakers. You know, I talk about this in the book. I'm like, if you just love sneakers because you just grew up, you know, in this time where sneaker culture was a big deal to you or where you grew up, that's a big deal to you, lean into that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. We see a friend or we see a, a cousin or we see, you know, somebody that we admire at church or at work, deem something else beautiful. And then we start to dilute what we deem beautiful because it doesn't match or look exactly like them. And it's like, it's okay for it to be different. It's like, that's actually the point, you know? Your goals are definitely just going to be different no matter what season of life you're in. Your goals are going to be different when you have small children versus when you're an empty nester. And that's why making your everyday goal-oriented is so great because your goals are really a reflection of the season you're in. And it's so important to honor the seasons that you're in. A lot of times we, again, the flesh being the flesh, we want to be in seasons that we either used to be in or we want to be in seasons that are to come or we're working towards. And there's something just so awesome about being trusted to be in the current season that you're in. I don't take it lightly that I am able to take care of three small children, that I'm able-bodied, that I'm in a financial position to do that, that I live in a house that has the space to let them go outside and play in the backyard or if they want to go upstairs to their playroom. To me, everyday magic is the switch from I have to to I get to. That's why the framework is so powerful and and important to me. 
It reminds me of uh, the devotional that I had this morning. I read Ecclesiastes 3, which is, you know, the song and also the verses about, you know, there's a time and a season for everything. And it's so beautiful in there. But there was one verse, and I, I'm um, going to be paraphrasing here because I don't have it right next to me, but it was basically he was saying, the person who finds joy within their current stage of life Mm. basically gets it. You know, like that is God's gift to them by being able to like actually be in, (laughs) I'm totally paraphrasing here of what it is and I'll put it in the show notes, but it really struck me. It was just the person who enjoys their labor. Mm -hmm. That's the gift from God. And so what you're saying here reminds me of that whether you know you're doing things in your home whatever you're giving you're laboring that's the person who finds like the true joy and in every different season that they have because yeah you do want to pull from like the good and pull from the good in the past and the good in the future but the season that you're in right. which is a season I'm in right now with the, the young kids is like oh <laughs> lord I need to breathe <laughs> you know like just give give me a moment here just to breathe and it's like that struck me this morning of like no 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 this is the season that you're in right now. Don't miss the beauty. Don't miss the beauty in it. And this is your life. Quit looking, like you said, quit looking at other people exactly. of what their beauty is, what their things are, whether it's, you know, family life or right. physical things. Like quit looking. What brings you joy is what God has put in your heart in this season. Find the joy right. within your season and work it to the best that you can because you have a beautiful home that's like very spacious for your children to run around in. But other people might live in a two-bedroom home and not have those capabilities, yet we still have this magic framework to work from to make it work for us and the things that we love and we enjoy. Yeah. Gosh, comparison will just literally... My sister joked around, she was like, comparison will turn everyday magic to everyday tragic because it really does just strip your joy because you're like, well, why don't I have that? Or why, you know, and so I'm thinking about this person who may have a two bedroom apartment and I'm like, but if this person lives in a like metropolitan city, like a New York city or Chicago, and they can go outside and literally have pretty much this amazing city at their disposal where I have to literally get in a car, drive about 30, 35 minutes to get to the city to enjoy it. And so, but it's like, just because those things are very different, don't make them either less valuable, like just because they're compared to each other or next to each other. And that was really it for me. And because as somebody who has worked in the online space for over 10 years, it's so easy to go on someone else's Instagram or their YouTube and be like, well, oh, they got this or they got this partnership or this is happening for them. And this hasn't happened for me yet. And they've been doing this less time than me. Or why didn't I get that? Because we've been, it's so easy to get caught up in that. And it's not about that. It's like, just like you said, are you able to enjoy the work that you're currently doing, right? Are you able to actually be grateful that you even have work to do? Because I remember that too. (laughs) I remember that too. Like not having anything to even really work towards. I was still kind of just figuring it out. And that's really a blessing. And it's something that's really important to me. I think about the verse that's really kind of the like theme verse of this current season of my life is that, yes, I, I and I never want to water down the work that home life requires, the work of mothership, the work of marriage. I never want to water that down in a way where it's like, I don't understand why you're not happy all the time because it is definitely really deep work and it requires a daily effort that definitely is taxing physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. So I never want to water that down. However, there's joy in the work. And for me, it's about shining my light through the work so other people know that they can shine their light, right? Like anytime I can shine my light, I look at that as evidence that God is real. And if I can do work in a way that makes people believe that God is real, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Hmm. So good. So, so good. Oh, Maddie, I just want to give you a <laughs> hug over the I know. hug over the screen. <laughs> So good. I love it. Magic. Everyday magic. 
So like I said, I wanted to really talk about the home here. And so I think in my mind, I compartmentalize things. I I keep the home stuff separate than like who Mm. I am mentally or like my mental health kind of stuff. Like it's just like completely separate. And after reading your book, it was the realization of like, no, this all goes together. This is all, you know, all one. And so my mental state is actually getting affected by the structure and the efficiency of the way Mm -hmm. that I run my home or how it's laid out or the tools that I use to, you know, make it manageable. And so you laid out so many different types of things in the book about how really make it so you do have a clear space to clear your mind and that you don't have all this clutter that is really like creating stress in your life. Because I do, I have all those little kids pieces all over the floor that I have to clean up in the morning and clean up at night. And (laughs) for example, so Labor Day weekend went with our family to this beautiful vacation hotel condo resort with my husband's side of the family and had such a fun time. And the last morning we're packing up to get things ready to go. And it was a beautiful morning. Fantastic. You think I would want to enjoy the last like four hours that we had on this vacation, but we have those stackable cups, you know, the baby's little stackable cup baby things that they're colorful. And I could not find the Mm. blue number eight. For the life of me, could not find the blue number eight. And I spent that whole morning, those three or four hours that I had to go outside by the big lake, enjoy it with the family, the sunshine, looking for this blue number eight piece. And not to say that toys are bad, but just like an example of kind of how it cluttered my mind. And so I Mm. left crabby and cranky, leaving our beautiful vacation, just kind of angry, crabby and cranky. And then... I will tell you that um, I found it this morning hanging out by our ottoman. It had been at our house the whole time. So (laughs) I (laughs) spent this morning and ruined it just because I was missing these pieces. So it's just an example of like the things that you have that could really like just mess with your mind and your state of being. And so um God really convicted me about that in many different areas and just so was so funny that Ecclesiastes 3 happened to be my devotional and he showed up just so good this morning that was like it's always so connecting, right? Right. Yeah, right there. And it, you know, like I'd been looking for it even when we got home and it was literally the oh first thing gosh. I saw as I walked out of the living room this morning. I was like, "Lord, did you just like plop that on the ground, like move it from the ottoman?" And then like <laughs> such a wildly humbling experience. Totally. The reason why I talk about you first in the book and 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 talking about how you feel about yourself first is because, again, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So the way you feel about yourself, the way you treat yourself is the way you're going to treat your home, which is the way you're going to treat your family, which is the way you're going to treat your business or where you work, in my personal opinion. And so I talk about how we're complete from the moment we're born. As we grow and get older, we're simply different phases, right? That's why I use that Lego analogy, right? We're all a Lego set, right? We lack no pieces because God created us, right? And he lacks nothing. Now, as you get older and you get more mature, you need less pieces to create a sturdy structure, right? And a lot of times, though, as we're growing, but we don't want to commit to the maturity, right? Similar, we're looking for pieces that we think we need, that we don't even need. Like that blue number eight had nothing to do with your actual joy of this trip, right? So many times we get hung up and we do this in all facets. We do this with our relationships. We do this with where we live. We do this with our families. We do this literally with actual, you know, and I had to learn like, again, even if I am missing something, I lack nothing because it's like, okay, You couldn't find the number eight. You did not lack a vacation. You did not lack this experience. And the thing that I really try my best to do is to make sure that I don't let things, because I'm somebody who likes things and I talk about this in the book. I'm, I'm very materialistic and I think in a very healthy way. I don't think there's anything wrong with liking things. I do not ever put them above people and I try not to put them above experiences. So anytime I'm letting a thing strip me away from an experience where I get to spend time with the most important people, I have to kind of take a step back. Like, okay, 
what's really going on here? And then also kind of ask myself questions. And this is from therapy where I'm like, why is finding this thing so important to me? Am I associating this with like, if I don't find this, do I feel like a less better mom? Do I feel like I did not? So it's like, why is that important to me? And a lot of times when we just ask ourselves these questions, it, it just goes back to our childhood, right? Where it's like, okay, what is my inner child trying to tell me right now? Like, if I'm missing this piece, do I feel like I'm going to get in trouble? Do I associate this with not being perfect? You know, why am I so hung up on this? And asking ourselves these questions is really great because when you allow your inner child to answer that question, and the reason why your inner child is so important, right, outside of us even getting into like the depths of therapy and psychology is because as children, to me, that's when we're the closest to God, right? I think as we grow as adults and stuff like that. So when in the word, when it says from the mouth of babes, when you can let your babe self tell you why you're feeling the way you're feeling, it is really just another invitation for you to be closer to God and, and, and to even understand the word even, even further. So that is why understanding your inner child. And I can imagine, even just from meeting you this first time, inner child Erica wanted to enjoy this vacation so badly. But there was something just, just so, just like really getting under your skin. And a lot of times when you actually answer the question, you're like, but that could have been solved later. Or that's not even actually an issue once you say it out loud. And that's why saying it out loud and answering questions that you ask yourself is so, so important. Because you end up telling yourself like, this doesn't even matter because this doesn't mean that. Like you not finding that number eight had nothing to do with how awesome of a mom you are, how awesome this vacation was. And and I'm sure the baby wasn't even like worried about it like that, right? <laughs> wouldn't even know. <laughs> baby would never even know. My husband wouldn't even know. And I'm not sure what the inner child was saying, but I definitely know what the era yeah. today was saying. And in all reality, it really was um, because it was because I was saying it in my head. You know, I was like, Lord, I'm a Christian. I love you. But there are words in my head spinning around that aren't so (laughs) lovely right now. (laughs) No, but it was because I'm in a stage of life where it is chaotic and Mm. I'm always losing things and things are always moved on me and I can't find things. So Mm -hmm. going back to like that home thing, like I always feel like I just want a little bit of organization. Absolutely. Organization, ease, that kind of thing. And so I think that, and it was Mm -hmm. a childhood toy too. Mm -hmm. So that was a little bit of it. But at the same time, it was more or less like, I just want to have nice things. I just want my life to be, if I put something in one place, I want to be able to find it. And not lose stuff. And I want my stuff to be respected. And, you know, so that was like what was going through my head at that time. And there were times as I was looking, I was like, Erica, relax. It's Mm -hmm. just a thing. It's just a thing. And so I was talking myself through it. But I think it really goes down to the core of things of, you know, being intentional. Like you said, that I and magic being intentional because at the beginning we could have taken pictures Mm -hmm. instead of being frantic and like Mm -hmm. unorganized when we were packing. We could have took pictures of all the toys before we went and I would have known. There was no eight. Yep. Enjoy yep. your morning. <laughs> like, quit looking in every single drawer in this hotel room and just go out and enjoy the beach. Exactly. So, you know, it's just like being intentional about those things. And so that's why I really like on the home front of things, you know, you talk about, you know, making things meaningful and aesthetically pleasing and goal oriented and being intentional and then remind me of the C. I'm so sorry. Consistent. Consistent. Yes. Consistent. Hello. Key. Like the key (laughs) of it all. You know how that plays so much into your home because although this situation didn't happen in my home, it was a home issue for me, like of straight down to the home issue. So I'd love for you to like really kind of go through like the practical. I'm all Mm -hmm. about taking the practical. So we've talked about like the head and the heart stuff, but really like in the everyday of practical tips that like you could really do to reduce your stress and like declutter your home because I'm, I'm all about how do we actually make it happen? <laughs> yeah. I think what I realized early on, I realized it, but I think I now I even actualize it because I ha- we have children now, is that 
we knew we would always wanted to live in a home. You know what I mean? When we were, when my husband and I were engaged, we lived in an apartment together. Then we got married and got our first home. So when we bought our first home, I really assumed a role as a house manager. And that was fine with me. Just our personality types between the two of us. I'm the more organized person. He's great at house repairs. He'll get on the roof and clean out the clutters. I love it. I love how handy he is because I'm not. I'm not taking out the trash. I'm not doing no yard work. Don't ask me. It's not It's not going to happen. So Same it's here. like Same I will here. organize the inside, make sure you do all the outside stuff. And what I realize is that if you start getting into like the technicality of, of, of words, it's like, if I'm the house manager, that means I need to manage the things within the space. If I don't know where a thing is or if I can't find a thing, that typically means that two things. I either don't have a designated space for it and or there's too much stuff to where I now can't even find the thing. And if, if, I, if I have to look for it, that means it's important to me. So what I try to do, what's so massive and it's such a simple but like profound thing is like there just has to be a designated space for a thing. Every single thing in your house. That's down to batteries, to clothing, like every single thing that enters your home needs a designated space. That's it. Like that's the first rule. If you can honor that rule, right, then you can start to get into the intricacies of that of like, okay, what kind of containers do you put it in or anything like that, right? So, and then again, that'll come down to preference, how you guys live your life. I also really try my best to think about how we live our lives in seasons, both like actual seasons, like summer, spring, fall, winter, and how old the kids are and different things like that. The season during the pandemic, everyone was home all the time and we had a newborn. So things just looked a little bit different. So I was breastfeeding. So I just had, if I'm like, if I'm going to be breastfeeding several times a day, I just needed a little basket. Like I think I got it from the dollar store and it would have diapers. It would have my little breastfeeding pads. Like I just would keep it with me. And then if I knew I was going to go breastfeed, I just brought the thing with me. I didn't want to sit down and feel like I needed to ask Chris, my husband, to go grab something. Anytime I can create peace versus chaos, I will absolutely do that. So that was my way of doing it. And I think a lot of times we think organization has to be this big to do. And it's like, you got to start small. I always tell people, I'm like, start with your quote unquote junk drawer, right? One, it's a junk drawer for a reason. It will inevitably become junky. For me, I always try to like revisit my junk drawer every quarter and just put it back in order, right? Because it'll look different, right? Like, so, you know, when the pandemic first started, now we had masks in the drunk drawer, right? When it's winter, we usually have like an extra pair of kids gloves in there. Like there's all of these like various things that happen in your junk drawer, but you don't really have like a designated space in the house. So that's, and that's why the junk drawer to me is probably one of the most important drawers in your house, because it is that little catch-all where something that doesn't belong in a pantry, doesn't belong in a laundry room. And so anytime you can just free yourself, and I just literally get, I have these little like drawer organizers that I got from the container store, but there's so many different things. You can get these from Amazon, from Walmart, the dollar store. So it's just whatever your preference and your budget is, just put a couple of drawer organizers in there and then you can toss them things in there. Like we love candles in my house. So we have our wick trimmer is in there. We have, um, the thermometer is in there. Like if we need to take anybody's temperature on their like forehead, the little scanning, I call it the little scanner, uh, thermometer. I'm sure there's a technical name, but just (laughs) things like that. Candles for a birthday party. We just randomly have them in there because I'm like, usually if we have a birthday party at my house and we forget, we just know, like look in the junk drawer, there should be at least one in there to kind of help you out. So I think when you start small and you start to designate like, okay, and I like to let the house know, because I think that's the other thing. When I first started as a homeowner, homemaker, whatever you want to call it, I used to internalize this stuff, you know, and then like when I would look for something, I couldn't find it because my husband would use it and he wouldn't know that it was important to me to put it back in the junk drawer so I could find it later. You know what I mean? And everybody's personality is different. I get it. You love people. You're married to them. You give birth to them. You're all different people. So you also have to remember that. The thing that also really just helps is having house rules. Everyone knows 
when you come home from school, your book bag goes on the cubby, your lunch bag goes on the island, the kitchen island, so mom can make your lunch and get it ready for the next day. If I don't see your lunch bag, I can't make your lunch for the next day. That's basically the rule. If you want me to make your lunch, just put your lunch bag on there. And so just even the overall flow and rhythm of our house, right, is really important, you know? And just thinking about, again, how you live, which is why emulating something that your friend who's really organized, right, or your favorite, you know, influencer or YouTuber, emulating what they're doing may not work for you, not because it isn't a good idea. It's just not a good idea for you in the current season that you and your family and your home are in. So for me, it's about figuring out, one, every single thing that's in your house has a designated space. If you don't have space for it, you shouldn't have it. That's really where I'm at. The second one is let's have some house rules, right? Where everybody now, the house rules are really just created not to like make things feel like really rigid or anything like that, but just so we can keep order. Everyone in this house, age seven, four, two, and 38, who is my husband, right? When you eat dinner, move your plate. And I say this out of love to everyone in my house. No one here works for anybody. We are all a team. Okay. If I got paid to work here, I would be much happier on some days, but no one here works for anybody. So, you know, even my two-year-old, he knows, he knows exactly how to like step on the trash can or ask his sister to help. He knows how to empty out his plate and then put it in the sink. Of course, it's different when you have like a six month old, right? You know, when you have an actual baby, but what I had to learn, because I, I definitely always want my kids to feel you know, taken care of and things are good for them, it doesn't serve anybody and certainly not my kids by doing everything for them. If what I learned, and I talk about this in the book, that if my kids want to help me do something, load a dishwasher, make dinner, anything like that, I usually try my best to make space for that. And if I can't do it in that moment, usually that next day or two, I'll make space for it. Because a lot of times When kids are small, it takes longer to do things if you do it with them and to teach them how to do it. But what happens is we tell our kids, no, 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 right? The first six, seven years of their lives. And then when they turn eight or nine and they're independent, we want them to do chores that we denied them literally since they were toddlers. And that doesn't serve anybody. This is also why I start dinner fairly early. And of course, I'm also very fortunate. I work for myself. I work from home. So I know this is going to look different for everybody. But if you do work an office job where your commute is demanding, maybe you're designating a day on the weekend where you do have a mommy and me kind of cooking session or you know, even prepping. Like Even if you're ordering takeout, but you're making a side salad together or making some homemade lemonade. Again, this looks how it needs to look for your family. But having the kids involved is so, so huge and should not be to me exclusively reserved for special occasions. Am I cooking with my kids Monday through Friday? No, but I am having the kids help out pretty consistently, especially simple tasks like clearing the table. I think when order is a team effort in your home, you're more likely to accomplish it. Team effort, teamwork. I love the piece about teaching them young because you said it so well. You know, we tell them no, 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 no. And then we expect them to do something that they're just not going to do. So, yeah, 12, all of a sudden we want them to just be cooperative. And it's like, you told me no for the first dozen years of my life. And now you want me to be enthusiastic about cleaning. I also don't use cleaning as, um, as a consequence or a punishment because I also don't want negative feelings around order for my kids. Having a space that's in order again is a blessing. It's a it's a literal privilege, you know. So, and also just helping them, right? So when I tell the kids to go clean the playroom, I I realize that I would be kind of like, all right guys, let's go clean it up. I wouldn't be angry or yell at them, but I also would just like expect them to do it and it's like, where did they learn how to yeah, clean the playroom? Yeah. And so now when I'm like willing to help them clean up their playroom or make like the girls made up their beds yesterday because they're out of school this week. I had them make up their bed and I was going to help the four-year-old. She's like, no, mom, I got it. And I walked in the room and their beds were actually very well. Like they were made up very well. I had just gone through about a consistent two months of like, especially the four-year-old helping her make up her bed and just like instilling this like, hey guys, if we wake up, let's just make up the bed. 
You know what I mean? Like, and we're really fortunate. We have somebody once a week come in the house and just like tidy up, clean up the house and stuff like that. And I'm just like, for things like the playroom and their bedrooms, I just kind of feel like that's something that I just want them to just have that habit that they can take with them. And I think it's so healthy and it's certainly helpful to me to walk into their room and it be orderly. It literally kind of like shaved off stress that I didn't even realize I was kind of like holding in. And it was really nice. And again, it was like they weren't upset when I asked them to make up their beds. I didn't get anybody like, no, mom, I don't feel, you know, I didn't get any of that. But it was something that I had to be super deliberate about during the summer. Yeah, yeah being um, intentional about teaching them things and taking Mm -hmm. that time, having that patience, because I think it's just that patience. But when you are consistent with it and intentional with it, then you're going to have these like goals achieved of like, hey, I have this burden taken off of my shoulders and I'm able to do a little bit more. And also making time for it, not to cut you off, but I just making time for it, I think is huge too, because just as a mom, I'm realizing like, okay, fussing at them to make up their bed. If we are in fact running behind, like getting ready in the morning for school, that's not really the time to enforce that lesson. Right. But if it's a weekend and everybody woke up on Saturday morning and everyone's in a good mood, everyone has had breakfast now kind of being like, all right, guys, let's go make up our beds and get ready for the day. There's space for that. A lot of times we're not making space not only to give ourselves grace, but even to give the people we love and live with grace. And so the timing of that is also really important too. If the timing's not right, my patience does not exist. <laughs> nor with the children, I will say, nor with the children. They it's, uh, Read the room. Everybody, everybody won't be happy read in that situation. The <laughs> read the room. So I am curious because there are specific things that you state in your book Mm -hmm. about, you know, once somebody has really gotten down those designated areas, every piece has a designated area and then they have the house rules, children are working, husband are working, everybody is doing this team effort thing and you've got this flow and rhythm. What are those things that you do in your home? Because you've written this in the book about like some of them were like the storage containers, the filing papers, like some of those things that you do that are actual like those practical tips that help you kind of stay efficient in your home. So then when they have their certain place, it's also something that can kind of make you breathe a little bit easier because when I when my living room is cleaned up and I'm sitting on the couch, I feel like I've just done yoga. Like, I, you yeah. know, I there's just, like a peace <laughs> yes. and a light that is yeah. floating yeah. around you. <laughs> I feel like I've just like done yoga or spent like an hour in the word, you know, like I just feel good. So I'm curious as to what those things that you do in your home are. One of the things that just wipes me out and I have to like get myself together every single time I see it, paper clutter. I feel like paper clutter makes me cuss at least once a week, at least, like without question. I'm just like, I don't understand why it's like paper again. I'm always like baffled by it truly because I'm like, it's 2022. Like, I just feel like we're so technological for there to still be paper. Like they're still mailing us bills. But the thing that changed my life with paper clutter were two things. One, creating a binder system because there just are inevitable papers, right? If you buy an appliance, if you buy a new piece of furniture, there's some kind of user manual that comes with it. You buy a television. So typically those are nice to kind of just keep and have, you know, if something happens to the TV, you don't know what to do. I just like having a manual, right? So I just have a binder that's just user manuals. And I just have like the little like uh, plastic sheet protectors and I just slip the little, uh, manual in there. And so anytime something breaks in the house, something goes wrong, you know, and we need to reference it, we have a little user manual binder. Anything that has to do with like health insurance, health, anything like kids immunization records, we have a file, uh, like a little binder for that too, and a sheet protector. So nothing happens to it because there, there are just inevitable papers that we have to keep. And yes, I get it. Things are electronic and digital these days, but there's just some papers that you can't get past, you know? 
we have gotten quite a bit of work done. So when we have like contractor projects and stuff like that within the house, my husband usually is the one who sketches it out. And then we have the contractor build it out, you know? And so we like to just keep those drawings, keep those records just to kind of make sure things are in order. And then it's also nice that if like, something comes up and like they're asking for you to pay and you're like, I think I already paid. You can just reference your house project folder and you have receipts, you have drawings. There's no guesswork because that literally happened to us in 2020. We were having built-ins made. They completely made different. (laughs) I mean, these built-ins were, we were like, I, I don't know if this is the right house because those are not the built-ins that we discussed or drew. (laughs) And so we were able to reference the drawing and we ended up having like, they had already built them. So they knocked money off for us because it was like, this is not what we wanted or talked about. And those things are important, right? It didn't ruin the relationship by any means, but it's just nice to kind of be like, Hey, actually this is what I really wanted. So I think those things are really nice and important. Binders are also pretty simple. You know what I mean? Like they're pretty sturdy. So you can stand them in a shelf. You can put them in a drawer. I like them. Like, right. You can get like a little trunk or something like that and just keep it under your bed in the closet if you need to, you know, whatever you need. I like the binder system a lot. It's pretty simple. And everyone's binders are going to look different, right? If you don't have kids, you won't need a little school projects binder, right? Um, But I think having that for me has really kind of eliminated paper clutter. And then I also just have a little mail basket. And so when we get mail, it's the mortgage, it's the telephone bill, it's the credit card bill and stuff like that. And we do need it. We'll use it. And then I'll just stick it in the mail uh, basket. Once the basket gets filled up, we take it to the shredder. That's it. That's that's the rule, right? And that's why house rules are great, right? Because it's like the rule is when the basket gets full, you shred it. Because obviously we don't need bills from 2020 in most cases. And in most cases, in some capacity, that is electronically you know, captured somewhere. But I get it. All of us have bills. We'll pay it. We'll kind of put the, you know, there's something, and maybe it's like our generation, there's something about like, even if I paid the bill, I don't want to let it go just in case there's an error or something like that. Yes. But typically I'm like, if six months has passed, I probably won't need it again. So the rule is, is that when the basket gets full, we shred it and we keep it moving and we, you know, empty the basket so we can start a new, uh, a new round of mail. But I think having, again, that designated space for certain things and paper is just one of them, you know? And then even like keeping the kids' drawings because they take their drawings really seriously. And again, there's so many different services out there where you can actually have a book made of your kids' artwork and stuff like that. You can literally take pictures of it. But again, once a binder gets full, I kind of let them pick their favorites. We'll go ahead and have one of those little books made. And then that's that. But I don't know if we need 2,000 kids' drawings. (laughs) Yes. But I'm going to hold on to it, you know, because I love your little heart. And then and then eventually we're going to get rid of it. But I think, again, it's just creating whatever system works best for you guys. The other thing that's really huge for me is storage containers. And so if I have a lot of a thing, right? So our family loves snacks, right? Anybody who has more than one person living in their house, even just one person, you love snacks in some capacity. Everyone's, you know, snacks are different, but we like chips. So we'll have pretzels, we'll have tortilla chips, we'll have potato chips, we'll have Cheetos. So I just got like these medium sized storage containers from Container Store. And I literally got, I think, three of them. And it's like all the chips get stored in there. I got the smaller version of that container and I store all of my baking ingredients. And the thing that makes things look organized, especially in a closet space like a pantry, a laundry room, even underneath your kitchen and or bathroom cabinets is making sure that you uniform the containers you use, right? Because you can't technically uniform a lot of the products, right? Like a tortilla chip will never be the same thing as a Cheeto. The bags will likely be different colors always, but you can store them in containers that also kind of allow you to play like Tetris, like organizational Tetris. And you get to just kind of piece together where you want to put things. And those are really, really huge. I think where we get in trouble sometimes is like, we'll have one container that, you know, used to be one place. And then we got this one container that maybe looked cool and could fit things your best bet is just making sure they're uniform. Honestly, it not only looks better, but then you also now have like this clear expectation like, okay, and there's 
there's the thing that's really cool nowadays is that you can get the same type of container in different sizes that end up working for different spaces. So this one little basket container I'm talking about, they have versions of this at Ikea, Amazon, they're everywhere, Walmart, and they literally have an extra large version, large, medium, and small. And so I use this everywhere from my kids' playroom for like their crayons and markers, you know, whenever they want to draw. I use this in the pantry. I use this in the laundry room for like overstock of like paper towels, you know, and all the things. So uniforming your your containers of like to store whatever you need is really nice. And then I think the last thing that has really changed how I do housework is just simply batching. And I know that that's something that it's interesting. Like I don't really hear a lot of people talking about it. And I'm like, I just feel like this has saved my life. <laughs> like it actually, like it, it, cause it allows me to approach anything, like from putting away the dishes, putting away groceries, even putting away laundry has just like, you know, it's, it's really changed it. And it's essentially batching is just kind of like doing all of one, like if they're, if you're doing something that is like emptying the dishwasher, it's like doing one step for everything at once. So instead of like pulling out some of the forks and a couple of plates from the dishwasher and then like randomly trying to put them up, pull everything out the dishwasher first, put it on your countertop. What I like to do is just simply pull it out of my dishwasher, put it on the countertop and organize the countertop by like where everything goes. Everything that's going in drawers goes here. Everything that's going in cabinets goes here. Everything that's going to go in the flatware drawer goes here. And then I literally in kind of like two or three passes can get everything put up. But the thing that really is killing our productivity and really draining us both mentally and physically is when we do things in a way that forces us to go to the same place various different times when it could have just been done one or two times. So it's the same thing with my groceries. I take out all of my groceries and I put them on the countertop. Everything that goes on the fridge goes on one section on the counter. Anything that's going in the pantry goes in the middle. Anything that's staying on countertops go in another section. Then I put all of the fridge stuff away. Then I put all of the pantry stuff away. Then I put all of the countertop stuff away. And I timed myself because I was like, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe this is just, maybe this sounds good. But I like just like the groceries came the other day and it wasn't like a really big order. I ordered groceries. They came and I was talking with my husband and I was just like taking stuff out of the bag and putting it away. And it took me so long. And I was like, yeah, I can't do it like that. I just like, I refuse. I like order. And, and again, your, your brain just, you feel frantic when you're going to, you know what I mean? Instead of just going to one place at one time. And that's essentially what batching is. You do the same thing with laundry, right? Like instead of like putting up your jeans, then putting up some shirts for the baby and everything like that, you know, put all of the like babies onesies, you know what I mean? And bottoms away. Then put all of the baby's blankets away. Then put all of your kids' tops and bottoms away. Put any extra stuff, swimsuits, you know, extracurricular uniforms away. Then put all of your undergarments away and your pajamas, then your bottoms, then your, you know. And so just creating processes like that seems so basic and simple, but that's literally what you want to go for. I've heard of batching for business before. Mm -hmm. They talk about batching all the time, especially for creating. So you get that content creation, like yep. do all your videos at one time and do all your podcast interviews at one time. And I just started really honing in on that on the business side of things. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And then when I read your book, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. And mm -hmm. I realized that I actually do that for the laundry stuff already. I will make sure I set this area. We don't have a lovely laundry room, so I'll put it in our living room for a day. It looks like a mess, but I will fold the clothes, but I'll put them in the areas, you know, on this one little ottoman. And I will section it where like, you know, has my son's t-shirts in one place and his pants in one place and the onesies for my daughter in one place and, and all of that. And, um, then when I put it away, it's just so easy to just like slip it all in the one drawer. And so it made total sense to me from the business side of my brain. And then also because I've done a little bit on the laundry side. And so just like when you were approaching the groceries and putting away the dishes, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, of Save course I would make batch it. everything. <laughs> yes, yes. So I absolutely, absolutely love that. So thank you for sharing just those tips and I do want the listeners to know that the book is full of 
a million different tidbits like this. And so I gained just so much knowledge. So I recommend going out and getting the book. And so that really leads me to like the next question for you is really how can they find your book? How can they find you and really connect with you? And then what other offerings do you have for the listeners of the Faith Inspired Podcast? Well, you can find me everywhere on social media at the Maddie James. So Maddie is M A T T I E. So the Maddie James everywhere: YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all the things, Facebook. So you can follow me there, and you can check out my blog at blog.maddiejames.com. And the book is everywhere that books are sold. So you can buy it on Amazon. You can download and use your credit on Audible. It's at Barnes and Noble in person and online. Books a million. So definitely check it out. And even a lot of independent bookstores, especially faith-based independent bookstores. So we were really excited about that as well. So definitely get the book, Everyday Magic, The Joy of Not Being Everything and Still Being More Than Enough. And The thing I'm really excited about right now is if you join the email list, every Thursday I send out the dinner menu for the week because I know that deciding what to eat (laughs) is like, it's the thing that makes me want to just go. I always joke around, like I was talking to my mom the other night and I was like, I'm just tired of feeding them all the time. Oh, Maddie, come on now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, it makes me want to play in traffic barefoot and blindfolded. I just cannot... do it. So we do that every Thursday. I send out the menu and it's a dinner menu. I'll link you to a couple of the recipes that I'm going to do as well. But it's just helpful because I'm like, I don't want people to feel like they have to do their everyday alone. And the thing that's on my heart right now is really helping you eliminate the overwhelm, the overwhelm of every day. So that's really what my team and I are focused on right now. And it's free to sign up for my email list. You can literally get there at bit.ly, bit.ly slash Mail, and you can sign up. So yeah, that's our offering really right now. We have maybe a couple of things coming up at the end of the year we're going to announce soon. But for the most part, that is really our main focus. We want you to read the book, listen to the book, and then yeah, join the email list so you can get some dinner menu options you know, for the week. I'm signing up for that as soon as we hop <laughs> off this call. I am I'm getting that because that's what I was doing on our way home from our trip this uh this weekend was yes. trying to find dinner options and I got so frustrated I stopped looking and I am supposed to start dinner here in two hours. So <laughs> Maddie, I will be on that list yes. very soon. <laughs> so Perfect. I love that. I love that. And then just one more question for you. Sure. And I just love that this is in your title, Joy. Joy is just so important, especially nowadays when I'm finding that so many of my friends and so many women that I come across are just losing this joy because there's so much coming at us, so much clutter and things get lost. So I want to know what brought you joy today? So my kids are home from school, like I mentioned, and they just had so much energy. And I just had like, I don't typically yell at my kids. The only time I yell at my kids is when safety is involved, right? When when I just see you about to hurt yourself, I definitely am going to yell. And so I had already yelled about three times already at the four and two-year-old specifically. So I was like, okay, put on your shoes. We're going to go in the front yard and play. So it had rain. I didn't let them run in like the grass. So I was like, you know what? We'll open up the garage. I'll put on the bubble machine and all of that. So I was sitting on the front porch just enjoying it they were kind of quiet in the garage. And you know, when your kids are quiet, at least for me, it's definitely unsettling. And about five minutes had passed and they were completely silent. And so I go in the garage and I see that they had found the sidewalk walk chalk, but they had very successfully drawn over every pretty much crevice of their body, including their faces. <laughs> it's funny because... There was nothing in me that was upset. I just was so excited that they had this space and freedom to just enjoy themselves, even in that capacity. And I felt so deeply fortunate that I am in a position where on a Tuesday morning, I decided to take my kids outside to play because I can. It just tickled me to the point of tears. It just was so funny. And I took a picture. I shared it on Instagram. And they're just hilarious. They're just the funniest people on earth. And so my children getting to be their 
childlike selves, you know, in, in just in freedom and just in complete joy in a safe way that really brought me such deep joy today. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. I know what you mean. I had a few of those moments because my daughter had been home with me for nine months. She just went to daycare last Aww. week. And so, yeah, just some of those moments, you know, have you have the hair, pull your hair out moments yes. where you're just like, I can't do this. <laughs> and then those moments where you're just like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for this moment. So yeah. I'm so glad that you got to experience that. What a what a beautiful moment to cherish. Truly. It was it was wonderful. It, it literal joy like was beaming from like oozing out of my pores cuz they're yeah. so funny. And again, just having the space to do that and I all I want us to all feel like that, you know, that we have the space to just be joyful. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Maddie, so much. Just really appreciate you spending the time to connect with me and talk with me and just share your knowledge and expertise and your light to the world. So keep on shining it. Thanks, Erica. Talk about magic. I am ready to label, sort, shred, and put everything in a designated spot in my home. How about you? Here is what I learned. Everyday magic is as much about your mindset as it is the actions and the things that fill your life with joy, including how you manage it all. I followed through with what I said and I signed up for Maddie's weekly Thursday email and it does not disappoint. In fact, I am making a teriyaki chicken and broccoli recipe she suggested tonight. So sign up for Maddie's Thursday newsletter Grab yourself a copy of Everyday Magic, and while you're at it, copy the link to this episode and share it with your friend who's all about making your home as peaceful as possible amongst the chaos of paper stacks and piles of shoes, because friends share only the good stuff. Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.